So I know they just wrapped up, but Winter Olympics, what's your favorite sport? Curling or figure skating? Because one is just like the most amusing and unique thing ever, but also so simple. And then the other is like the absolute opposite, or it's just like insane skill that I could never fathom having. I also like figure skating, but I actually did not watch any of the Olympics this year because I was too busy. And my husband and I usually like to watch them together, but he was also too busy. So we just haven't watched any of the Olympics. Too busy filing your taxes, Kate? Yeah, probably. Hi, welcome to Flywheel Fridays, keeping up with the federal IT news cycle, one conversation at a time. I'm Alexander Bulova, media producer for GovCIO Media and Research. With me today are my wonderful co-hosts, Melissa Harris and Kate Macri. Melissa and Kate, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for having us, Alex. Unfortunately, the Olympics are now over. So you know what that means? It's tax season. The IRS is doing a lot to improve the taxpayer experience this year. So we are here to break down how that's going to affect your filing and the future of procurement for the IRS. So to start us out today, let's chat about how to claim your 2021 tax benefits and credits. Melissa, you wrote about this recently. Can you tell us about what to expect this year and more specifically about IRS free file? Yes. So free file has been around for quite a while, but the IRS updates it every year. And the IRS has recognized that it's really hard to keep up with phone calls that taxpayers are coming in with or to deal with paper-based return processes. So they're really pushing for taxpayers to file online, especially through free file, which is a partnership with a coalition of private sector tax preparation companies. This coalition is known as the Free File Alliance. And through Free File, this coalition provides free federal and some state online tax preparation and electronic filing exclusively through irs.gov. And it is free for individuals who earned $73,000 or less in 2021. Even though free file has been around for a while, there are also some benefits to this year's free file system, which includes your ability to claim different benefits that happened throughout the pandemic, especially last year, like the expanded child tax credit, the earned income tax credit, the recovery rebate credit, and other important credits that were pretty exclusive to last year. So the IRS is also looking to expand its streamlined procurement program, Pilot IRS. Uh, Melissa, can you tell us about this program? Yes. So Pilot IRS has this mission to offer incremental ways to identify, test, and deploy technological solutions to meet different IRS mission needs. So unlike typical acquisition processes, This aims to shorten the award process and minimize use of challenge statements and maximize flexibility in the post-award process to accelerate the procurement of different solutions. So 
Right now, it has nine initiatives underway doing different projects such as scanning as a service and optical character recognition. And a lot of this has been helmed by the Enterprise Digitalization and Case Management Office, which is sort of a combination of bringing different digital solutions to the IRS and then also dealing with the case management side of the house. So the pilot has received 420 proposals so far and has been able to issue four or five companies per round. Um, right now, there's going to be three rounds per project, each award sort of increasing in amount. I think the cap right now is $7 million or so, but senior advisor at the Enterprise and Case Management Office, Mitch Winan, said that he's looking to explore future growth in award amount and in the pilot overall. And as the federal government moves to more digital tools and online services. I know something that we cover a lot that is at the top of my mind is cybersecurity and making sure that um, all these new tools are um, cybersecure against threats and vulnerabilities. And I know, Kate, that's something that you write about quite a bit, federal cybersecurity. I just want to see if you have any thoughts um, from a cybersecurity perspective about federal procurement, perhaps with the IRS or outside the IRS, is there anything that they should be conscious of or aware of at the moment? Where, Where are some issues that should be taken into consideration when implementing these new tools? So I know one thing that's gaining a lot of traction among cyber leaders is the concept of a software bill of materials. The general idea of that, which is called an SBOM, which is kind of a funny acronym to me, is to document every piece of software and line of code that is in your supply chain when it comes to your enterprise IT and your applications and your cloud, like specifically cloud applications. So The idea is to keep track of literally everything that you're relying on to do business from an IT and software perspective. And this idea has kind of been born out of the SolarWinds hack from December 2020, because that was a software supply chain security breach, and it ended up affecting a lot of companies and federal agencies who relied on that software. And so now private companies, but also federal agencies are realizing that they need to be a lot better about keeping track of everything that's in the software supply chain, especially when it comes to procurement and verifying not only their cloud service providers and um, the companies that are building their IT infrastructure, but also the kinds of software that they're using and where they're getting it from, like software from open source code libraries is a big point of tension, especially for federal cyber leaders right now, because they don't really like it because there's a lot of risk involved with open source code libraries because, you know, they're open source. So like, you know, anyone can submit anything and, you can pull code from these libraries to build software applications, and it can be easy for bad actors to slip in 
malicious code and viruses, all sorts of stuff into software applications that way. But the problem is like so much of the software landscape now relies on code from open source libraries. So like trying to like, it's kind of like, you know, trying to like stop a snowball that's already like halfway down the hill kind of thing, I guess. So trying to like undo something that can't be undone at this point, basically, because open source code is like woven into like all of all of the software applications that government agencies are relying on now. So like you can't undo it. So now you just have to like constantly monitor it and keep track of it and know what's going on all of the time. And that requires like a huge investment in cybersecurity. And for a lot of federal agencies, like it's also means like pivoting to a different kind of cybersecurity that they're not used to. So before it was just, you know, you scan every now and then, you know, run a computer scan, some, like, you know, everyone has McAfee, something like that, and patch uh, software vulnerabilities when they come up. But now anything could be vulnerable or breached at like any given moment. So like the rate of cyber incidents has accelerated so much that doing a scan every now and then and waiting for someone to let you know about a patch or waiting for a software developer to like issue patches for things isn't good enough and if that's your model then you're just you're just going to get hacked all the time basically so now federal agencies are like having to like not only change how they're doing cybersecurity they have to change their mindset around it and i think that's kind of that's, I mean, that's tough for these, you know, bureaucratic, slow-moving institutions that historically aren't very good at adapting to change. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. And I know for, like, several federal agencies, starting to improve how they approach cybersecurity at the procurement level is one way that they're trying to get ahead of it. Well, I think that this has been a really interesting conversation that has really covered a lot of topics. And I hope that our listeners walk away both feeling a little bit more confident filing their taxes this year, but also with a greater understanding of what is happening behind the scenes. But before we wrap up today's episode, speaking of cybersecurity, we have a virtual event coming up next week. It is Cyberscape ID. Kate, can you tell us about this event and what you anticipate being covered? So I'm really excited about this event. We have a lot of really great cyber speakers, some from organizations that we haven't heard from before at GovCIO Media and Research Events. So we've got a lot of really interesting, new, fresh cyber content at this event and I'm very excited. So Cyber ID is going to be focusing on the identity and access management perspectives around cybersecurity, especially within like zero trust architectures. So we have a fireside chat with Eric Mill, who's the senior advisor for cybersecurity at OMB. Then we also have a fireside chat with Paul Puckett, who is the director of the Enterprise Cloud Management Agency for the Army. So basically, he's responsible for, you know, helping the Army move to the cloud, modernize the cloud, all that stuff. And really excited for that conversation. We have a panel on 
zero trust and identity with Gerald Caron, who is the CIO of HHS OIG, and Angelica Fanouf, who is the CISO for Army Software Factory, and Jane Rathbun, who is the Chief Technology Officer for the Navy. So that's going to be a really cool panel. Really excited for that one. And then we have a panel on privacy and identity um, within the context of cybersecurity. And we've got the acting CISO for CBP, Scott Davis. And then we have Don Watson, who is the CISO for the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So we have, again, a bunch of agencies who we've never heard from before, like Army Software Factory, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the Navy, and the Enterprise Cloud Management Agency. We haven't heard from CBP in a while, so I'm really excited to hear from all these people and get some new perspectives on identity solutions, zero trust in the context of cybersecurity. So it's going to be a great event. And we'll have a recap episode of that event coming out one week from now. So you don't have to wait two weeks for the next episode of Flywheel Fridays. We'll have another episode in the GovCast feed next week. So I think that wraps up today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, keep the conversation turning by subscribing and leaving a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bulova. I'm Melissa Harris. And I'm Kate Macri. Thank you for listening. Flywheel Fridays, along with GovCast, HealthCast, and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released weekly across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.